0: Welcome to the Gym Heroes Podcast. I'm your host, Josh Peacock. Today's show is brought to you by Gym Desk, the easiest gym management software you'll ever use. Take payments, create marketing automations, track attendance, and much more. To try the software out free, go to gymdesk.com. No credit card or painful sales call required. Our hero today is Thomas Husky, an MBA and serial entrepreneur in the fitness space and beyond. In this episode, he reveals how you can get an online training business up and running to supplement your income. Thomas' online program is centered around martial arts, but you can apply these principles into any fitness or related business model. Without further ado, Thomas Husky. So welcome to the Gym Heroes podcast. Um, Can you go ahead and introduce yourself and your background in martial arts and also your background in business?
1: Sure. So my name is Thomas Husky. I am a fourth degree black belt in martial arts, um, in taekwondo specifically. Some will call that master level. Um, I'm credentialed in several different areas master instructors license from the Pokemon, uh, level one USAT coach in both Pumsei and Kirugi, which is sparring. Um, far as business experience i started my first business in 2014 in the event space and since then uh, i've started a few more digital market agency uh, e-learning program uh, online with students all over the world and uh, at this point i'm what you would probably call a serial entrepreneur like once i get something started i move on to the next one once that becomes self-sufficient and uh, and which I'm currently working on a project right now, which is scheduled to launch in the next month or two. That's about it.
0: (laughs) Cool. And you also have uh, this, I think earlier this year, right? You graduated with an MBA or is that last year?
1: No, that was this year. I grad, that was March. You know, people ask me that and I always forget. (laughs) I, I (laughs) I, I know it was March. I think it was this year um but i'm not i'm not certain i always forget i i maybe march last year but yes i have my mba that i've got within last year
0: yeah, within the last 12 months, you got an MBA. <laughs> it's no big deal. It's just an MBA. Yeah, <laughs> no, nah, it's all good. I,
1: didn't do it. I mean, I didn't do it for the reasons maybe most people do it. Like, right. you know, I wanted to catapult myself into a business, digital marketing space. And, you know, I knew the, the credentials would do that because, one, you know, being a martial art instructor, you know, a lot of us, you know, don't have degrees, right? Other than right. first, second, third, right? <laughs> But, yeah. um, and then my degree was in music. So I knew people wouldn't look at me with the same vigor, if you will, with mm-hmm. that type of degree.
0: For sure. So you've, I know that you, we used to teach together. Um, and I know that you've run a lot of in-person programs in up until, till recently. Um, and, and you, you, st- you're still doing the college coaching at college, right?
1: That's yeah. right. I'm still, head, I'm still the head coach at the university of North mm-hmm. Carolina, Charlotte.
0: Cool. yeah so you're still doing some in-person training but you have an entire program um, that's online so uh, what what kept you from like opening a traditional brick and mortar uh, dojong which is a Korean do- for dojo what what kept you from opening that and deciding to go the digital route instead
1: um to be honest I wouldn't say anything in particular kept me From opening a brick and mortar place, Um, but I definitely had motivations to Mm -hmm. move or create an online program. And before I became the head coach at uh, the University of North Carolina, I actually started the program at Winthrop University, which is where Mm -hmm. I graduated from with my bachelor's. And post-graduation, I taught there for um, probably another six to seven years or so. And I would have these students that would come to my program that if you stayed the whole four years, the program was designed from a freshman when they graduate to receive a black belt. Well, most of my students started sophomore year Mm -hmm. or they didn't even hear of us being a program, which is due to the schools in marketing, you know, their organizations. But um, they came to me, didn't know we had a program. So they started in there sophomore, junior, senior year. But, you know, they loved me as a coach, a person, an instructor, and they wanted to know how they could still train with me. Well, the downfall to that is that if you aren't enrolled in the college program or faculty and staff member there, you're not able to take those classes or reap the benefits of, you know, using the gym facilities and things of that nature. So, man, I had so many students wanting to... (laughs) you know, learn from me, I was like, you know what? It'd be a good idea if I put this, you know, online, but I didn't want to do it haphazardly. So rather than, you know, record some YouTube videos and give them a link to a playlist, I wanted to make it something that um, I guess people across the world could use. Right. Because if there's a need here where, you know, my small, you know, town of, you know, college students, Mm -hmm. there's a need in Wyoming, there's a need in Michigan, there's a need in California. And then nowadays there's a need in Ireland, there's a need in Australia, there's a need in Great Britain, there's a need in the Philippines, right? So, yeah. So, you know, it turned into something that I didn't even know it would turn into.
0: Absolutely. So I, we kind of know the answer to this question, but uh, for those that are kind of skeptical, is it possible to deliver martial arts, good martial arts instruction online?
1: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, and I, I can leave it there, or we can dive in. Yeah, let's let's dive in.
0: Why. Yeah, okay. let's go. In, let's go into why, why, and how.
1: So I am. Um, so my my bachelor's degree is actually in music education, right? And when In the United States, at least, when you are um, when you're going through an education program to teach in the public school system is the education program is largely disjointed from the actual discipline. Mm -hmm. And essentially what I mean by that is I took a separate load of courses for music and I took a whole nother load of courses for pedagogy or the art of teaching. Right. And my student teaching actually wasn't even in a music classroom. My student teaching Mm -hmm. wasn't, you know, science classrooms, elementary classrooms and things of that nature to really understand, you know, the full spectrum of students or the learner. And the only reason why I mentioned that is because when you're studying pedagogy, you learn um, the types of things that you need to implement into a program or curriculum for someone to actually gain either skill level, knowledge, or whatever case may be. And then I researched what it is that colleges need to do for their distance education programs in order to gain accreditation from like, the DLC, right, which is backed by the United States government. And you cannot get accreditation for your distance uh, learning programs unless they meet certain criteria. And we actually baked that criteria into the program to ensure that not only are students learning in a scientific progressive format that actually gains you knowledge, but you're actually able to retain that knowledge it then develops skill actually along the way. And a couple of those things that we have baked in is, you know, an instructor watching you, such as you have to submit video gradings along the way. So you're not practicing something and baking that into your, you know, uh, musculature, if you will, be a muscle memory, which, you know, is, is a thing, not a thing, which we get into later. (laughs) later. But, um, Um, we, we embedded some of those things like a, like a, uh, a student, um, student, on student interaction, such as like colleges will call those discussion posts and things of that nature. We actually have forums and messages and groups that you can create with other students within your area or for specific black belts. So you can have camaraderie and community within uh, the program as well. Trade ideas, training habits, things of that nature. And all those things are a part of the program that helps someone to not only remain engaged, but learn and then develop skill.
0: Awesome. Cool. So what was what was square one for you? What, what was your starting point for planning and building out Cyber Taekwondo?
1: Um, I say the starting point. So. <laughs> that's a trick question.
0: <laughs> Ooh, we were we were on the mat after uh, yeah, teaching it,
1: one day and you're like,
0: hey, I got an <laughs> idea for you
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah okay okay so you want I, I didn't know how far back you wanted to go so. well I want
0: i I'm, I'm, I'm interested to think like would you just I know that you use your Apple notes a lot your iPhone notes a lot right, So, like what, yeah. what was it what was it just like a, an outline was it a couple of st- notes like where did it start where did you begin to plan I guess there's a little bit of of room there to to explain
1: sure um yes yeah, so i think you hit it then i didn't know whether you you meant like okay I build the website first but you want to go even further back to you know the
0: conception yeah you know, the origin conception. of the idea, and conception. idea yeah
1: yeah yeah, so in that case, it, it was obviously before the day, you know, I brought it to you all those right, years ago, right, right. <laughs> yep. you know, and again, students, you know, I was training that were graduating and didn't have the opportunity to train again or the finances, to be honest with you. Cyber Taekwondo is cheaper than any brick and mortar you can go to and you learn either the same amount of skill or better, you know, as far as knowledge and being immersed in the, you know, the world of Taekwondo is concerned than you would at a you know traditional brick and mortar martial arts school and you know that being the case it led to the idea of you know cyber taekwondo but the problem with it in the beginning is that at that point I didn't really have the money and things of that nature to do what it is that I needed to do with it because I knew that it would cost some money in order to build so at that point you know, then I brought it to you, you know, we had a a small chat about it, but it was largely on the back burner for about six or seven years. And it was on the back burner until I actually developed skills to build the program myself. So since I knew that the barrier to entry in regards to finances would be a larger undertaking for this, Mm. I actually decided to start another business and a business within the event space that was very low overhead, um, very low barrier to entry as far as funding is concerned. And for that business, I built the website myself because I didn't you know, have the finances to build said website at the time. Yep. And then not only that, it's something that I was interested in and wanted to learn how to do. And then consumers didn't care how your website looked at that point. Or in that particular space, they're more concerned about your performance as an artist, me playing piano at a dinner party, DJing where my DJ's up to speed. So I had video files and things of that nature on what would be considered a crappy website by today's standards, Yeah, people to understand, you know, get a good gist of how we were as an events company. And then all the while, throughout the six and seven years that Cybertaekwondo was on the back burner. I was tweaking, learning things, studying, growing digital marketing space, how to market a program or, or anything, really. And then how to uh, also build a website that was professional to the front end for a consumer or user uh, user's view. And um, I got pretty good at it. <laughs> yeah. know, let's, let's just say that I got pretty good at Building websites, I got pretty good at marketing, getting the word out there about the program, people joining, or you know, purchasing, you know, um, the things that we had to offer in that particular business. And then one day it clicked to me, like literally, it was like, "Hey, I know enough now to build Cyber Taekwondo." <laughs> so from that point, then it was okay. I need a curriculum, and the curriculum that I, that I use is largely the curriculum that I use at my institutions, right? So I didn't necessarily have to revamp the entire thing. However, I did have to mold it and change it in a way to where it could be conveyed to someone through video alone. I think we did a pretty good job of that. Mm -hmm. Um, And then after that was scripting. Every single video that you see on the program was written down somewhere and spoken verbatim how I wrote it that wrote it down, you know, for someone to uh hear on the other end. And then after scripting, then came the actual recording process, uh which was a uh, long undertaking within itself. Mm-hmm. And to be honest with you, we didn't even have it finished before the program launched. We had maybe half the program, but we knew no one was going to you know, be a green belt to start off with. And if they were, we were going to start them at white belt. (laughs) (laughs) And then we actually built the program out. And then people were asking to, hey, can I keep my red belt? Then things actually built on the program off of inquiries that I was getting. Hey, I'm a green belt. Can I keep my green belt? Well, I don't know. What should I do? We created an assessment program or a transfer program. Yep. You submit video and assessment with, with with you know, these criteria. So an instructor can look at it. We'll look at it and then get back to you about whether you can keep your rank or what rank you will fall into with the Cyber Taekwondo program. Hey, I'm uh, your black belt. I found out that I didn't have a cookie wand certificate. Well, are you cookie wand like up to speed, up to snuff? Hey, create an assessment video. Hey, you're good to test. So now we have straight to black belt testing programs for people who, you know, move or in the military, they were a red belt and they moved somewhere else where there's not a Taekwondo program. So we can help out those people and people with unique situations as well.
0: Sweet. Um, so I know you had a, you had a curriculum before, And uh, you still use it for your teaching that you kind of had set in stone. You still tweak it and stuff. But did you have to make any significant changes to your curriculum for the sake of cyber, cyber taekwondo?
1: Absolutely. In particular, with self defense, actually, Um, self defense is just difficult to grasp in person. Mm -hmm. And I could only imagine, and there are still some challenges we face with people grasping it, you know, via video, which, you know, some of my students. Uh, have to do resubmissions because you know, we, we, we're, we're as strict, if not stricter, than any in person program, right? <laughs> we, we don't want anyone that says, Hey, I learned through cyber taekwondo, and people are like, Yeah, you look like you learned online. Like, yeah, students, yeah our students are what you learned, you, you learn all this online, no way, right? That's what we get when our students hit a certain level or black belt or something like that, yeah, and um. Um. to answer your question, the self-defense portion, I needed to strip down from some of the things that I like and want to do with my in-person students Mm -hmm. just because of my eclectic background in the martial arts, right? Some Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, Taekwondo, Karate. Muay Thai, I taught at a Muay Thai school for a while, you know, some Taekwondo would spar and train with their guys before or after class. So I just picked up some things along the way, right? Boxing. And some of those things I, I want to integrate with to my students when they hit a certain level, just so they're a little bit more well-rounded than, you know, your average Taekwondo person. And, you know, teaching how to do an arm bar from the mount position was just <laughs> not happening via video. Right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, so so that's one of the things that we took out and we streamlined it to like a standing armbar position. If you get, you know, cross grabbed, Right. Yeah. Still still can be considered an arm bar. Just an easier way to uh, showcase it to a, a student in that regard than doing, you know, ground self-defense. Um, some takedowns from the standing position, things of that nature is what we really had to go towards.
0: Awesome. Cool. How do you manage testing and promotions? I think a lot of people are going to be interested to know that.
1: (laughs) Sure. And I get this all the time, actually, like inquiries via our contact us page or something like that, you know? So yeah, a lot of people are, are interested in that. And it's probably one of the top questions that we receive um, other than like generally, Hey, how does this program work? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, I, I, and to that, Regard, I will tell you everything's online. And when I say everything's online, we have a facts page to where you know you go there, you can get all your questions answered just about, unless it's something too intricate, just from browsing. You know the website we have it laid out and segmented in a way that I believe is UX user friendly, Mm -hmm. and uh, you can really get a gist from the program before you know even signing up for it. And then if you do sign up for it, shameless plug, you get a seven day free trial. So even if, you know, you don't have to worry about paying anything offhand, try it, see if you like it. If you don't, it's cool. It's not for everyone. But if you do like it, it is something that, you know, you want to move forward with. Just, you know, keep the subscription active. But, you know, how do I manage testing? So the program is segmented into courses, but what we as martial artists will call belt levels. So when you sign up for the program, you'll see five lessons in the beginning or five Mm -hmm. courses in the beginning. And that's introduction course, uh, warm up exercises and stretching course. Then you have your course that has all your curriculum and videos that you need to watch, which is your white belt course or whatever belt level you have to be at the time or transfer into. And that has maybe 20 or more videos in it for you to learn the things at that belt level that would take you to the next belt level. And throughout that course, there are three video upload assignments that are segmented or in between learning things. So say you have a lesson block where you're learning seven seven things, so seven different videos. After the seven different videos, there's a video upload lesson that asks you to demonstrate the seven things that you learned in that video you send it to someone such as myself which is an instructor we'll grade your video that you know hey this looks great these are the discrepancies that we see in the video and allow you to tweak it and do a video resubmission if your mistakes are that egregious but mm-hmm. if there's something that we feel that you can correct just by me telling you to correct we'll let you move on to the next video assignment where you would do the next block and then the third one for the next block then after you complete every lesson in the Curriculum, you get an automated email that says, Hey, you're ready for testing. And it gives you a link and everything. It explains to you how to register for testing and everything, how to sign up. And you will do a testing live via Zoom, like this podcast is being recorded right now. Mm -hmm. So that's one of the elements that we really pride ourselves on because, you know, just to be honest, there are other programs out there. But how is your ability to recall techniques in the moment tested. Mm-hmm. The only way you could do that is live testing, such as we're doing now. So you schedule a time to do so with an instructor, and then we'll hop on at this time, and then we'll go through the commands. And each, we have a script that we read off of, and, you know, try to be, and we go through, you know, the whole spiel, and then we end it. And then, you know, we don't like to... You know, let people like, we're not going to, hey, I'll tally this up and let you know later. We let you know right then whether you passed or not based on your performance. And then we give you a sit down right then of the discrepancies that we saw. And then you're able to take that and move on to the next belt level and make those adjustments uh, during that time, should you successfully pass the belt test, right? So that's really how everything is set up. And then once you pass you, then you unlock the next course, so if you're a white belt, you go to high white belt, and then you pass that, then yellow belt, so forth and so on, all the way up to Black belt. But once you pass that belt test, then you gain access to the next course so you can start your next round of, uh, of lesson.
0: Awesome, cool. So what would you say to people who are skeptical of running an online training program that awards rank? Um, does this is depend on style. Can it work for every martial art? What's what are some things that can kind of smooth that over for people?
1: I was the first thing I would say is who cares, <laughs> <laughs> and and the reason why I say that is because I think the main thing that would bar someone from starting a program mm-hmm. is old and is an old traditional mindset. Or oh, my instructor would never allow that. Or oh, my Sifu, my sensei would never allow that because they're old and they're stuck in a certain type of mind frame that feels either that this could or couldn't work or that martial arts is supposed to, it needs to be taught in the classroom because there's no way for you to gain skill or the things that you need uh, if, it's, if it's done online. And I say, who cares? Because we're moving that way anyway. You're either going to get on the bandwagon beforehand and 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 um, be a leader in the space, or you're going to try to do it after the fact when everybody you know has already moved there, already pivoted, and then you're going to be left behind because the industry is saturated. I'm not mm-hmm. the first. I'm one of the leading ones currently, but I'm definitely not the first. There were people before me. And yeah. um, um, I'm doing great right now because I pivoted in a time where the transition, you know, should have happened. And I didn't plan it this way, but uh, uh, I didn't <laughs> know, know COVID was going to happen. So, but it did. And, and, you know, my program was rewarded uh, because of it. So that's the first thing I'm going to say. First of all, relinquish. Excuse me. Relinquish any. Doubts or ideas that you have of an old traditional regime, right? Think about how to best serve your students, which is what you want to do anyway. Like if you're if you are a traditional martial artist, one of the the founding principles is to teach to your students and how to best service them. Come from a student centered approach, and if you're coming from a student centered approach, then it's it's almost a no brainer to have. A online program or a piece of your program online, right? To where people can engage with you in that format as well if you have something that you feel is of value that you can offer, right? Uh, next, I would say, um, after you have thought about, you know, and refashioned your mind to move towards a... Student centered approach that starts from, you know, an online or online engagement aspect of it, then I would say, Hey, is my martial art suitable for this? Mm -hmm. And to which I would ask you or tell you that it is. (laughs) That because any martial art you could probably think about already has some form of it online. Mm -hmm. How many people are learning karate right now from YouTube? Right. The Gracie Garages, right? The Gracies have portions like you can literally get your belts online through their uh distance education program. Um then I think about I I haven't seen anything for kung fu yet actually. And I might be the first because I know a guy who I wanna reach out to <laughs> and partner with him to get a kung fu curriculum online, yeah. right? And for people that wanna learn and then you know we'll go from there. But um, I would say it can. There's probably nothing with some forethought and ingenuity that you can think about in terms of how you need to build a curriculum in order to put it online. I think one of the things that might stop someone is they want to put everything online. Right. And yeah. to be honest with you, I was that guy in the beginning. <laughs> I, <laughs> I, I want all this online. I want everybody to learn every aspect. Well, you can't yeah. aspect online. Yeah. And then not only that, it needs to be segmented and spaced out. Yeah. Like, for example, there's some stuff in my curriculum that you're probably learning at, let's say, Blue Belt. Range that you would learn at a green belt in a natural school, just because the scientific way that we're building your skill level, so that when we teach you that skill at the blue belt stage, you actually get it a little faster than you would at the green belt stage, because all the necessary components to do this kick, this technique, this movement have been led up to in a way that allows you to do those things a bit easier. Then, after you relinquish your old. Uh, your ideas from the old regime, right? You've decided whether your martial art, your curriculum, rather, right, is, is able to be put online. Um, then I would say, do the necessary work um, in order to in order to get it there, right? Start segmenting what you need, website, who's going to build it, hosting platform, partners, right? Like I couldn't have done this without, you know you josh or somebody else who is who who's actually present you know in a few of my videos depending on what we're talking about um but you you need partners you need people that you know will help you and support you a foundation system and now will surround yourself around people who are for your idea not just going to bash it and tell you why it's not going to work great
0: great great advice um so I I know this is really diff this is really difficult to set up. There was a lot of leg room. It was many years in the making for you. Um and there is a little bit of it's getting better, it's getting easier, but there is some technical skills you have to learn in setting up like a learning management system and a website that, that can manage people to come on and sign up and use the material. Would would you say that if somebody has the discipline, the motivation, and um I guess the bandwidth, because uh, a lot of business owners are really really tied down, if they have the bandwidth to put something together, do you think that it's a solid move for supplementing uh, a martial arts school's income or even a you know a gym or a, or a fitness center?
1: I think your question is two prong, right and 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 the two things that I'm taking from it is one. If the person themselves who owns the school, teaches, whatever the case may be, if they have the bandwidth to learn and get all the things together themselves, should they start a program? And then two, is it a good idea or viable enough to do so to supplement a traditional martial arts school? Right. Mm -hmm. So in in regards to the first question, no. No. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> I I am an anomaly, and not an anomaly like in a go. Uh, I'm the guru. I'm the only guy who can do this. I'm just an anomaly that I am one of the few martial art instructors who actually has a digital marketing background. So I was mm-hmm. able to build this myself to be to what it is today. Yeah. The fact of the matter is, most people don't have do du- uh, um duality like that. They don't have. Those particular skill sets and what I did and the things that I implemented about knowing how to design, design from a UX approach based on, you know, skills and certifications that I have. um, uh, Then um, coding, right, coding and then developing the website via CSS and HTML that I have to use on top of some of the templates and stuff that I built. That takes a long time to learn. I mean, you know. It yeah. takes a long time to learn it and get good at to where you're not breaking an entire site, right? Yeah. <laughs> One line of code can crash your entire site, and if you don't know what you're doing, um, you, you're you're going to be in bad shape. And I just so happen to have six years of practice doing these things prior to me launching the program. And most people are current school owners, right? That mm-hmm. is their nine to five, their day to day. You're a current school owner, you're a current instructor, and you really don't have the time or the or the bandwidth to sit down and learn these things that will take you in upwards of three to four years to really get good at in order to build a program, right? And the only reason why I mention it in that regard is because in this day and age, you cannot say, from a marketing perspective, you cannot say, that I'm going to just start a program or have this website look like this for now and then make it better on over time, you have to come out the gate with something strong. And if you are trying to put something together yourself and it's choppy, right? It doesn't look good, it doesn't have a good user experience, it's gonna end up hurting you rather than helping you because you're gonna spend time and money and resources to something that you really don't have the skill set for in the first place. And mm-hmm. I mentioned all that to say that. It can be done, but you really should outsource it to someone who knows about it, who knows what they're doing. And okay. in that regard, just give somebody your ideas. So if you're a martial art instructor and you want to put your program online, get somebody to record your videos of that has exit camera quality, and you do what you know how to do. Make a curriculum. base <laughs> uh, out your curriculum over the course of time for what it takes to get a white to a black belt. Right. Via your own belt colors, right. Via what you want to put in there, what you do, how you design it. And then after you get those things together, your, 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 your curriculum, your video scripts, how you're going to shoot the videos and what it should look like. Do you, you clean up your dojo, your dojong a little bit? Right. Maybe have some branded materials like in the background while you're recording and whatnot. Then record the videos then let somebody else edit them, right? If you're not an editing person, don't try to do this in iMovie or something like that. And then you're not putting together a project or something that's cohesive at the end. Because uh, to be honest, consumers are just scared of scams. Mm -hmm. And you might not be trying to scam someone, but if you remotely look like you do not put together, you don't have you know, everything put together, you look like you don't know what you're doing, that you're not legitimate, that's going to come across to the other side. So you need the one that's going to help you package this together in a way that really looks professional. So Mm -hmm. no, do not do it yourself, right? Outsource as much as possible. Then we get to the second part of the program, or second part of the question, rather, that is, is it viable for a brick and mortar uh, location? And I would say it is. And there's a couple of reasons why. How many times as a martial art, you know, school owner or instructor. And and I can say this because although I don't teach, uh, well, I do teach at university. I get some of the same questions, but I also taught at a brick and mortar martial arts school for quite a long time as well. And um never like a school owner or head instructor. People just wanted me to come in and teach and then. You know, I left that behind and I might go back to it soon if I can coach again. But, you know, that's neither here nor there. But I, I have experience of questions that school owners get asked all the time. Mm-hmm. And how many times do you get asked about, hey, my son Johnny is really struggling with this form. Does he have a way he can practice at the house? Yeah. How many school owners would say, unfortunately, like the very next thing they would say, yeah. right, is oh, unfortunately, you know. How many times do you get the question
0: of? I can't spend five minutes to perform the pumse and put it on YouTube. <laughs> you know, no, like <laughs>
1: except it's pumse is not even five minutes, right? Especially if we're talking about taekwondo uh, in particular, WT style. No pumse is over a minute long unless you're just like dragging it out. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Everything is designed to be performed in under a minute. So you don't have eight minutes to record the form, right? And put all, and that's the whole curriculum. That's, and that's not just for Johnny. That's eight minutes that will serve everyone. But hey, check this out. What about, what about if you don't record any videos of your Pumse? How many times do you get asked, Hey, Johnny needs to learn uh, how to count to 10 in Korean? Is there a place where he can view this? To, so he can get the proper pronunciations. And then you're like, unfortunately, right. <laughs> there goes, unfortunately, again, right. And, mm-hmm. and then you have to search YouTube for a video that's properly, you know, counting. And then you, you send that to them versus something that's your own, that's branded. Yeah. That, that, that boost that that's, that's a marketing vehicle within itself. Right. You have your own branded video on YouTube. You have your own branded video on your website to keep people engaged with your content and not moving on to someone else via YouTube or however else they find out how to count to 10, how to do their say or their forms. Right. So it's viable mainly as a supplemental aspect to what you're teaching in the school. And then if you build it robust enough, right, you can have people that are solely your online students Mm -hmm. and maybe come into your dojong only on testing days. Mm -hmm. That's a real good idea. Now, I I just gave you a gym and I don't even have a school. (laughs) (laughs) But if if I ran a school, I would have in-person classes and online classes, a robust online curriculum. And then all my testing, since they're held live via Zoom anyway, people who are actually in my area would come to me and test live in the dojo.
0: Yeah, that's excellent advice. There's another a, a thing I thought of as well is you don't, and this is actually being this is becoming big in in a lot of, of fields. Karate people are doing it. Jiu-jitsu people are definitely doing it a lot. MMA people are doing it, and they're creating these online libraries of um, resources that are pretty pretty good quality of of the way they're filmed and everything that that, that students can reference um, as. Part of enhancing and augmenting their training at the gym, but they allow people outside of the gym to also sign up and have a membership there so if you know if you're in this in the same association or you went to one of these guys' seminars or you just happen to know through somebody um, or through some some marketing channel you can you can gain extra income not only from your own students, like an extra, you know, whatever, some of them give it away for free as a, as an, as an add on, but, but you can also have people that are never going to come into your, your right. uh school or your academy that are paying you money every month, be it, you know, $9, $15, $20. That's money that you wouldn't have got before that you are now um that are, you're now pulling into your business. um, And you don't have to be competing with the big players out there uh, to, 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 to gain value from that. Um, in fact, if you wanted to do something paid or even organic, you can just focus on your state or your area, like your region. And it actually helps you to create marketing that could be more effective because it's more locally targeted, like you know, North Carolina, South Carolina, Georgia, talking directly to those people in those ads, those things get more eyes on, on, on your ads or your posts or wherever it is that you're, that you're marketing. And you could just focus on building a network of people that are in driving distance of your academy. And you could just have them in and you can, you can double your school as a place to host the occasional seminar, um, for people that, that train online, which would be, that's basically two in, income streams in one that kind of build into each other. So there, there's a lot of creative ways I think that that make me excited about what you can do with building a uh, like an online learning center for your school that you can then leverage to um, bring in much more money potentially than you would if you were just doing a brick and mortar thing.
1: I think you mentioned two things that that really stood out to me and one of them is in regards to when you talked about competing i think that's another mm-hmm. area you will yeah. that stops people from mm-hmm. starting things is they they'll see one person <laughs> online they'll do a soft search hey does this exist and they'll see one person that already has it it's like oh man i can't do it anymore it's already done Right, and that yep. stops people from that stops people from doing it without thinking about there. Are tons of different grocery stores out there. <laughs> you have Foodline, you have Publix, you have Target now, you have Walmart now. How are these things still alive when you have big players like Walmart and Target? There's Kroger, mm-hmm. right? Yep. <laughs> there's Safeway. Depending on where you live, there's Aldi, right? You have these grocery stores that are competing against people, you know, within the space and what if these people thought about, oh Walmart already has a grocery store? Oh, Publix already exists as a grocery store. The the idea is to start something that is is one local to you, right? Initially anyway, and then that is unique enough that it can, you know, play in the space, right? There's another Taekwondo guy that teaches online. There's there's actually two programs. What sets my program apart from theirs I won't say here <laughs> but there's <laughs> quite there's quite a number of things some I've already mentioned about how distance education programs work and skill development and engagement that's baked yeah. into the program but there's a couple other things that I do as well that make me unique enough to people either you know come to my program from other programs try my program because it's the first one to ever try leave to go to other programs and then come back yeah right? so that, that was the first thing you mentioned. And then the second thing that you mentioned is about um, having a program uh, that is online separate from your actual institution, if you will. And what comes to mind when I think of that is, is if you told somebody you went to school online and finished all the way through, never walked into a college campus, maybe 15 years ago at this point, people would laugh at you. What? You went to school yep. online? You, yep. got your degree, you got your degree online? And then you look at today Harvard, Princeton, Yale, MIT, Cornell, Brown, all your Ivy League schools have online programs now. And they needed them because they needed to compete in the space where knowledge and things were moving to. Udemy is big. Um, You have other learning, uh, great courses. uh, what's another one? Uh, Skillshare. Like you have so many mm-hmm. e-learning platforms that are, that are huge now. Yep. And people were, were even circumventing going to college to learn these skills. Yeah. You can go to, to MIT for a eight-week, 12-week boot camp now, totally online to learn coding skills
0: because Udemy had it. Yeah. Udacity has micro degrees and it's, it's a little pricey, but it's way less than going to an Ivy league school and they work directly with big tech companies. So your prospects, if you get through the pro it is rigorous to be fair. If you get through those programs, you know, you have the discipline to get through those programs. You've got good prospects for, for a job at a good company.
1: Yeah, 100%. And if you're, and if you're framing your mind and thinking thinking about it from that perspective, of these Ivy League schools, I mean, you have uh, classes or, you know, institutions that already had, um, you know, online programs for the longest time, where you had these older and Ivy League institutions that didn't, that are now moving towards that way because they've seen the error of their ways. In yep. particular, due to the pandemic, but even prior to then, you know, market research suggests that people were leaning towards that that anyway, working in the workforce alongside earning a degree rather than being a full time student and missing out of years of opportunity from gaining workforce experience. So when you think about it like that. An institution that has an, an online program, and then the prestigious ones, the most prestigious ones at that. What's stopping you from following in the sort of footsteps if you believe in, you know, what you have, what you have to teach?
0: Yeah. Um, and you were talking about how difficult it is to set up uh, a website and everything, and it, it is really difficult, especially if you want to do something that's um, that's really custom. But if you just want to do something that's kind of cut dry and you don't you don't have a ton of uh, customization options there are sort of bespoke options that are much easier um, that even with just hire a teenager out of your member body or something you know or just ask somebody online or five or something it's not it's probably not going to be that expensive you can integrate it into your website you have something like Thinkific you have Locals you have Locals.com you have, locals. you have um, Thinkific is a, is a
1: good one I know a lot yeah. of people use Thinkific for Several different things.
0: Yeah, and Thinkific, is, they even have an offering that you can use to literally um, start basically contracting with big businesses and have them paying you contracts to use your content through Thinkific. Um, so you can white-label it and just use... So some of these platforms are already available if you want them there and, you're, and you don't mind not having um, deep customization uh Figures you might want to do more gamification and stuff, so that could limit um, what it is. But if you just want to have that material out there, you want that reference material, you can do it. I mean, it's totally, it's totally doable.
1: Doable. Or from pulling from sales, right? Like I think there's a, I guess pros and cons to everything. Yeah. So 100 building it yourself. I think that and that what you're saying also falls along the same train of thought of like outsourcing it, right? Like don't try to build your website custom to like how cyberattack is because it's difficult if you don't know how to do that. But there are things that yeah. like you're saying like Thinkific and whatnot, to where everything is kind of custom- is baked in, yep. and you can have something like semi-professional out of the box, right? And then all you have to do is plug and play. You yep. definitely have those services out there. The only problem I would say with that is that it can cut into sales. Some, you know, like. If you right. use, if you sell from Thinkific and you're using their platform and everything, you are going to take a proportion of your proceeds, mm-hmm. uh, and then you just have to weigh the pros and cons or charge a yeah. certain amount to offset what it is that you would have to pay them.
0: Yeah, I think usually you can use like Stripe and Square. I think through them, but you you are you are going to at least through Thinkific pay a subscription every Good. month. So you're going to pay. You could be got an extra two hundred dollars coming out of your your pocket, but you could be making $2,000, you know what I mean? So you're, oh, yeah, exactly, the, exactly. Paying three fourths of your, of your um, brick and mortar businesses um, rent every month is probably really nice. Probably a big load off of your, sure. of your back so that the the rest of the money you make from your memberships is, is, you know, closer to pure profit. So, yeah. Um, so this one's more of a, of a curiosity one because we already established that, Unless you're just ready, there, there is room for innovation in this field, but unless you're going to come in with a big old budget and you got all these skills and you're just going to innovate in the, in the field or you have some crazy niche that you're going to fill, um, you're probably not going to be competing with, with the, the top guys for like national, international membership. But um, is it possible if you could build your program big enough, is it possible to, to actually make a full-time income from an online program?
1: Um, I will say yes, just because I'm doing it. <laughs> <laughs> like I, I I do other things because Cyber Taekwondo allows me to have so much time. Like video gradings aren't popping up like every day, you know. Yeah. Definitely some every week, but video gradings yeah. aren't popping up like every single day, every hour, every minute. And then we have a we actually have a pretty good sized student base, larger than some actual brick and mortar programs. Yeah. Um, and just the way people like. You know, people in the Philippines are training, submitting videos at a whole different time frame than somebody is in the United States. Yeah. So it kind of so offsets, you know, in that regard as well um, to where, you know, I have a lot of free time to where I do other things and, you know, the business space and, and whatnot. But, you know, at, at one point and still that point, you know, I remember when I started making a full time salary from Cybertaekwondo. So you 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 it is definitely um it's definitely possible, but at the same time, I build it I built it up mm-hmm. to where I was. And that's because I was I think I think if you're building a program like this in such a niche space like the martial arts and you're trying to think about it from a global scale initially, you're probably doing it wrong. And mm-hmm. the reason why I say that is because I came at it at just a way to train people that was local to me.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And then put some SEO on it, some professionalism on the website on it, subscription membership based, you know, then it slowly built up over time into what it is today. And I think that when you're making it, if you're really just trying to supplement and 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 build something. Even if it's on top of your current website, like if you have a, a website, it says blah taekwondo, make it backslash online, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. As a URL and then to where people can go to get online supplementation, you know, from your school. And if you're honing in on your current member base and, and uh, what I like to call putting back into the school, so many times people start something to get the revenue, the revenue starts coming in and then they pocket it instead of putting that back into the school. Like it cost me, I think, for a few months, like we have an app now for Cyber Taekwondo. And for a few months, I didn't take any salary from Cyber Taekwondo to get the app up and started because I knew that it was something that the program needed. And I was willing to make that sacrifice in order for my students to be better served. Now I'm generating revenue from the Google Play and the App Store right? On top of regular website memberships and subscriptions of which I get checkouts and people purchasing and installing every single day, right? So when you think about it from a a really student centered approach of how do I best service my students, right? And build something that answers the questions that you get. From a daily, weekly, monthly, yearly basis from those students, how can Johnny learn Poomsday? How can he learn how to count? Start with putting those things online. And then if they it, if you put a little SEO on it, you'll find that people are visiting the pages from other, because other schools have students that want to learn how to count to 10, right? And then it gets to be this thing to where you can then disjoint it or segment it from your actual school or brand name, right? But still a part of it because you tell your students this is where you go when you want to learn your kumse and stuff. But then it becomes something that it services or acts as a a supplement to other programs. And I'll be honest with you, Cyber Taekwondo is even used as a supplement program for some of my students who actually attend in-person classes. (laughs) (laughs) They tell me like, you know, we're at a belt test and. You know, I see them wearing an orange belt or something like that, which is a color that we don't have in our curriculum. Like, oh, hey, what's going on? Where'd you get that from? Well, they they do their videos already in uniforms and their white belts. Like, hey, where'd you get a uniform from? You haven't purchased one yet. And they're like, oh, you know, I, I used to take classes or I'm taking classes at this other place. I just go once a week. So I'm supplementing, you know, with Cyber Taekwondo or something. <laughs> so, you know, that's something to, to, to think about when you know, you embark upon creating something online for your student base.
0: Yeah, that's excellent advice. And I think that's really contextualize everything that we talked about previously in, in the idea of a student centered approach, because while we do want to make sure the business numbers are in place, because this it's too much time and effort to just sink into it for no return. Um, Mm -hmm. It's not going to give you a return and it's not going to get what you want. It's not going to serve your students if it isn't student-centered and you're not looking to supplement what they need and to um, even, you know, you're talking about starting with just your students before it grows out, looking at what they need and, and giving them what they need, their odds are that's probably going to be needed by a lot of other people outside of your school. Um, so you want to you want to take that student centered approach and not just get lost in the abstraction of e learning and making money online. Um,
1: cool. I think, I think there's a motivating approach to that as well. I think a lot of like if you look at stats of people who let's say start podcasts, right? <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of podcasts never make it past the tenth epi- the tenth episode, right? Just the just the tenth episode, right? And that's because when you're starting something and it's not getting traction, people aren't viewing, people aren't listening, you start to lose interest yourself, right? And you start to lose motivation, you know, to get up every day and put an hour, two hours or however long it takes to make just a 10, 20 minute podcast, right? Yeah. It'll take you a whole day to make a 10, 20 minute podcast. Um but When you're doing something that has motivation built in, such as coming from, you know, a student centered approach. You know, I know you talk about, of course, you want to you want to make revenue and revenue will come if you come at it from a student centered approach to something that can be used immediately. So say you put up, you know, you heard a question. Johnny needs to learn Il Jong. Um. Uh, you don't have anything online, but you think all night about it. You know what? I should put something online. And then you work towards a couple months, two months, three months, four months to put something online. Then you go back to class one day and at the end of class, before you bow out, hey, we have this new online thing that you're telling everybody and everybody's going to go there, right? Immediately. So immediately you already have usage from it. And if you're is your web, and if your website is built properly and doing what's supposed to, you can look at the analytics from that page. just skyrocket from the people in class that you're telling about the page. Even turn to the parents to say, "Hey, parents, that this new thing for your kids to practice online." And and I think you'll see that um that you will you 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 will gain some value from that yourself. That would keep you motivated to actually build it out and put content onto it.
0: Absolutely, cool well I appreciate your time Master Husky um, oh just Thomas <laughs> for me not for everybody else <laughs> No, nah, I'm
1: just one of those guys man I'm like one of the most credentialed people in my area now and I just I just, you know I do it for the love man it's not, not cool really. anymore it's cool when you
0: don't have the credentials and then when you do get them it's like yeah don't worry about it <laughs> I got over it <laughs> sure, sure. yeah, sure. yeah. Where, where can people find you Where's your stuff
1: at? Man, like I said, I'm pretty under the radar, low key. I'm like a, I'm a powerhouse that no one knows about. <laughs> but so if you want to find me, Coach Husky, at Coach Husky on Instagram, uh, just Google Coach Thomas Husky or Taekwondo Thomas Husky, and I'm, people can, uh, I'll pop up. <laughs> Martial arts Thomas Husky, you'll see my online programs and what I mm-hmm. do and what I've done. Uh, all over the place. If you want to try out um, Cyber Taekwondo free seven day membership, um dot Google it first thing that pops up. Home Taekwondo at home martial arts Taekwondo training will pop up right. <laughs> so yeah, just yeah, just, just look for it. You'll find us.
0: Awesome. <laughs>